Get her in. Ladies and gentlemen, make yourselves comfortable. I am Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barton. And this is Mad About Movies. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Mad About Movies is a podcast where we take you on a journey through the world of cinema. This week, we are going to be going over the Oscar-nominated film, Argo. I got an idea. They're a Canadian film crew for a science fiction movie. I fly into Tehran. We all fly out together as a film crew. I need you to help me make a fake movie. So you want to come to Hollywood and act like a big shot without actually doing anything? Yeah, you'll fit right in. Likely to win Best Picture, I think, at this point. We can say that pretty uh, pretty safely. I think we can say that. Um, what's your What's your pick, Brian? Is it Argo? I, if I had a vote, I would have voted Zero Dark Thirty, but Argo would have been my my second choice. So I'm not going to complain about that if it ends up winning. Right, I am. I'm not either, and we're excited about this one today. A very uh, very entertaining movie and very controversial um, for a number of ways. And so, um, stoked to dive into this one with you gentlemen today. How are you guys doing? I'm a little, uh, I'm doing good. I'm a little under the, under the weather. So if I sneeze into the microphone, I'm going to trust that you can edit that out in post-production or something. Cause, I'm... uh, no, I uh, can't. So pressure's on pressure. I'll try on, to buddy. control it. If not, I, uh, <clears throat> listeners. I saw Brian on Monday and I'm now just getting Richard. Are you yeah, sick? I'm getting over. I'm on the other side of that. Uh, so my voice is still weird, but I feel fine. So I'm, I'm most likely the culprit that got Brian sick. Cause I saw him Monday. It's now Thursday. Yeah. We so, should stop making out. That's a problem. Yeah. We really should. Yeah, y'all's relationship is mainly right. physical. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, I wouldn't even say mainly. Yeah. Only. Pretty much. <laughs> Only. Yeah. Only. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I'm going to ask you this, yeah. Brian. What's the last movie you saw? I uh, I just the last movie I saw was the award winning, sure to be up for best picture in the coming year, uh, a good what? day to die hard, uh, which oh wow is, uh, I've heard I've heard good things. Well, you no pun intended. Not listen to those people. Ever I'm just because <laughs> it is horrible. And by good things, I mean right. awful things. Yeah, yeah. it's a. Uh, it's a brutal it's a brutal movie. It's not good at all. And I love action movies. Like I'm a I'm a big fan of even cheesy action movies or kind of over the top stuff, but this was this one offended me on most levels. So, uh I would say stay away, especially if you're a fan of the Die Hard franchise because this is just it's not a Die Hard movie. It's an action movie that they that the filmmakers decided to throw John McClane into the middle of. It's it's appalling in a lot of ways. So, Stay away. Well, um, I'm glad you uh, seem to have the majority's opinion on that one. Um, I was afraid you would love it <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's in some levels, I feel bad about judging it so harshly because I think I said this in my review that if if it wasn't a diehard movie, it's it probably isn't that bad. But when you when you put it into the same category as what I consider to be the greatest action movie of all time, when you when you make it part of that franchise – it has to, on some level, at least, live up to that standard, and it—it's just—it's bad. It's not even close. So, Richard, did you see a good day to die hard? Uh, no, I didn't. I—I'm sorry. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I don't think I've seen any of them except the first oh, one. Oh wow, I've seen the first oh. three. I haven't seen uh, 
No, 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 wait, wait. I saw the one with Justin oh, well, Long. Is that uh, uh, Live Free or yeah, Die Hard? Yeah. I saw that one. That needs to be seen. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, just... That was the uh, computer hacking yeah. one? Cyber yeah, crime. That one would yeah. have been awesome if it was made in 1998. Unfortunately, right. it was made in like 2007 or something, right? Yeah. If it was yeah, the sequel right, yeah, to yeah. The Net, it would have been great. Yeah, but, uh, exactly. Now, I don't mind the fourth Die Hard movie. I, I think it's it's got its moments. They're fun. I went back and watched them all before I watched uh, this new one, this new travesty. Um, <laughs> and uh, So that added to the disappointment. Yeah, yeah the first I, – I don't know how you guys feel. The first – like I said, the first one, the original Die Hard is the – the greatest action movie of all time to me. And uh, the second one's kind of terrible. Really? It has its, you know, it has its moments. The third one's great. And uh, and I enjoy the fourth one for what it is. This one just, it just doesn't need to exist. I don't know. I was, I was. You, you not- had an interesting, I talked to you between, uh, between makeout sessions on Monday, Brian, I talked to you about, uh, about it and you had an interesting point and you should bring it up again here uh, for the, you know, for the common man. Uh, that isn't privy to your, you know, your friendship. But uh, if I could remember what it was. I'd so be, you I'd, you said something about the script, maybe not originally being a diehard oh, script. Yeah, I would. I would like to believe that this started out as un, just. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think I've heard of something yeah. about that. Yeah, I, I I really feel like it. It doesn't. It seems like it was retooled and repurposed to be a diehard movie in order to get it through uh, through the uh, the meeting and whatnot to get it made. So. Um, that's always a terrible place to start. And, uh, and so it completely lacks any of the, uh, the, the comedy of the original movie, any of the humanity of it. I mean, John McClane is a, is a real guy. And, uh, I mean, the first movie, you know, he's, he's got cut up feet from walking on glass and, and, uh, and all this stuff. And it's very, yes, it's over the top. Yes. It's a little bit crazy, but it's still somewhat realistic at the same time this movie is basically the expendables or like outtakes from the expendables i mean he's just blowing stuff up stuff up with monstrous machine guns and stuff and it just i don't know it's lost all the qualities of what i consider to be john mcclain characteristics so uh but yeah it, it, to me it seems like something that was written to be a standalone action movie and got repurposed for diehard purposes which is You'll you'll be excited to know, yeah. Brian, that they are working on another Die Hard. So, at, at least hey, at least at this point, they might redeem themselves. They could make an, an awesome movie. They could do all a Skyfall, right. you know, right. and just blow it out of the water, make a sure. great movie, great action movie. Well, you know? One of these days, we need to talk. We need to just do a podcast on Bruce Willis because he he's this guy that right. is he's unsinkable in a strange way. I mean, he you know he just this movie's terrible, um, but. He's going to be in Die Hard Six. Okay, I'll see that. You know, I I have no uh-huh, no ability yeah. to separate myself from him, and no matter how many awful movie he movies he's in, he always seems to keep not only keep going, but after every third or fourth terrible movie, he'll come out with something that's really good, and then you're like, okay, see, I told you this guy's awesome, and you just keep. Rolling. You saw you saw what what is it the uh, cold light of day? Yeah, oh, tell us man. about that. Uh, Speaking of awful movies featuring Bruce Willis, yeah, now um, it, that was one of the worst movies of the year. If I had seen it during 2012, it would have definitely made my my worst five movies of the year. It's uh, it's a mess. It is just, um, and I think Bruce Willis knows it's a mess too because spoiler alert, uh, his character dies very early on in the movie, and 
I <laughs> I at least like to think that he got on set and he had a bigger role and then he kind of after a day or two he realized this is a piece of crap and just went to the director and said I'm leaving please set. kill me kill me kill off me. yeah you either kill me off or I'm just leaving I don't care you know um it's really <laughs> bad and and it uh if you're nervous about <laughs> either kill me off yeah, or I'm leaving yeah figure out a way to write me out of the script right now um but if you are worried about <laughs> Superman, as I have been a little bit here in the, the, the Man of Steel movie coming out, uh, Henry uh-huh, Cavill, yeah. this will not help that feeling because um, Henry Cavill is really bad in this movie. The only um, – and I, I feel like Christopher Nolan is kind of trying to distance himself away from the name of this new Superman right. movie. I mean he, he's on it as a producer, but I mean every interview it seems like he's trying to say, no, I didn't really do much right. or – I don't. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, I have high hopes for for Man of Steel, yeah. but um, uh, who knows at this point? There's. I mean, Henry Cavill has has really no sort of track record of right. greatness. Yeah. Well, so, I've been on the. Uh, um, I, I, I'm thinking of even though I think it looks pretty good. I've really enjoyed the trailers. Sure. I think it looks great. Uh, um, I'm, but, I'm boycotting. I mean, trailers always look great. Though. I think I'm boycotting it because of my. Uh, and and Brian can attest to this. My long-standing John Hamm for Superman. Right. Uh, that I've been pushing for about seven Oh, wow. That would have been great. For about seven it? years. May, maybe next movie when he's a little bit yeah. older. Yeah. Everyone always says oh, that. I know you didn't say that, but every time I bring up John Hamm for Superman, they always go, but he's too old. And I go, cool. Do old Superman. Right. It's not that hard to figure out. Here's a yeah. hundred million dollars. Right. Maybe have him a little bit jaded, maybe kill yeah. off. Something like that. I mean, we, we, Richard and I have talked about this quite a lot. And, uh, I think we just cool. need to write a spec script and create our own, you know, mock Superman or something and go that route. Cause it, the world needs John yeah. Hamm in that role, I think. So I nobody think so. steal I our so. idea. I think you're onto something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's ours. What, what, what were y'all's thoughts on uh Superman returns? Uh, masterful. <laughs> no, um, it's a really weird movie. Honestly, no, honestly I saw the opening day. I remember that. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it since. Um, I remember Kate Bosworth being eerily thin. Yeah. That's her name, right? Okay. It is. Uh, I remember being really confused by Kevin Spacey. Yeah, and the I remember Kevin Spacey of the highest order. Yeah, yeah. and the ultimate phone and in job by him. Yeah, and I remember not getting why they cast this no name guy. That's it. That's the that's the only things I remember the whole yeah. the whole movie. Yeah, uh, and wondering how that got made. But uh, and really, Brian Singer's only done good work. And so it's really right. weird that he just made it, he he chose the biggest movie of his career just to make his worst movie. Right. Uh, interesting. But uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, those are my only thoughts on the movie. All right. Uh, score was speaking good. of Brian, score good. It was the original yeah, Superman score. The, 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 if I'm not, if not, it's John Williams. Yeah, so that was yeah. cool. I remember it was cool to see that on the big screen. Which I understand the new one is not going to have, so that's a little bit disappointing. Yeah. Uh, I have seen trailers on YouTube that have the John Williams score edited over the. The new uh-huh. trailer, and it, and it makes it a hundred yeah, times better. It really does. It's it's iconic. So. The only thing that could make this look better, better. It really is just some sort of involvement from Dean Cain, because to me, he's the original <laughs> Superman. <laughs> I agree there. Yeah, you can't go wrong. I mean, you got to have really Dean Cain involved somehow. Uh, exactly. Um, I don't know who Christopher Reeve is. Never heard of him. <laughs> but Dean Cain to me is Superman. So if there's no Dean Kane, <laughs> I'm out. 
I just yeah. wanted to say Dean Cain uh, as many times as I could. Well, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're in for a lot of disappointment, I'm, I'm sad to say, for the next Harry couple Hatcher. years. <laughs> That's the most Dean Cain's name has been mentioned in about 10 years. Like, yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have audience members that were not born the last time yeah. that Dean Cain was relevant. <laughs> I, mean, I think so. I mean, his rollerball right. remake was pretty sick, though. <laughs> It was. I think that was the last thing Chris Klein was in too, besides American Pie movies. So, always good. Always good to see Chris yeah, Klein yeah, too. Uh, Osman, he's on Wilfred, and uh, he is. Yeah. He's pretty funny. Yeah, on he Wilfred. is. He is funny on Wilfred. Anyway, go on. Anyway, hey, um, I wanted. I had some uh, some super, more superhero movie news. Yeah. Um, have you guys heard about the new X Men? I don't think we've talked about it on I mean, the podcast. I know they're but... doing it, but I don't know anything about it. Is it the same people? Singer, yeah, he's, just... he's directing, isn't he? Brian Singer yeah. is directing. Oh, That's nice. why I wanted to he's bring back. it up. I um, He is back. Uh, Matthew Vaughn left. Um, I can't remember what he's working on. Um, he... so, he... But Matthew, Matthew Vaughn was signed on because uh, he, he did uh, X-Men First Class. Which was very excellent. Um, yeah, I love that one. A great day for Brian I think... and I. The Mavericks yeah. came back to Oklahoma City. He's oh, a pro- he is a producer. Um, he is still on as producer, Good. but he's not directing it. So uh, Brian Singer's back, but but they've you know how they had all the old reboot characters like James McAvoy as as Professor yeah. X and Fassbender as Magneto, and but in this one they're apparently having both casts. Okay, like like Ian McKellen is still going to be in it, and it's still going to have Patrick Stewart. So it'll be uh, and the oh, it's going to be basically X Men. It's going to be X Men Three, uh, the Last Stand, that cast plus the the cast of um, X Men First Class. So Godfather Two esque, right? Plus, yeah. hey, plus plus Peter Dinklage. Oh, yeah. so nice. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. I'm, I'm excited in. about that. That's an interesting. Uh, I'm 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 a little uh, I'm a little um, I have mixed feelings because I loved what they had going on with the new the whole new mm-hmm. cast. Um, and I I don't. I don't know what to think about. I mean, it could be brilliant the way they do it. I hope they do kind of flashbacks and flash yeah. forwards into the future. No, I think it'll be cool because I, which could be brilliant. Because yeah. I really, really like equally. It was so well casted, both casts. I, mean, I love McKellen and I love Patrick Stewart, but I really liked. And I don't. I'm not. I was not a McAvoy fan before that, but he, yeah, he really grew to be in that role. And Fassbender is obviously awesome. So yeah, I think that could be cool. Uh, that's very comic booky to have those flat. And it, and it, but it even has the the smaller characters such as Kitty Pride, Ellen Page, yeah. and Anna Paquin still is in the new one, and and um, Iceman too. So what about? I mean, they're we, they're bringing back everyone. Here's my question: Do we get the kid from Warm Bodies? Um, we do. We do. And yeah. Kelsey Grammer. Let me finish my question, Kent. And Kelsey Grammer. I, I doubt Kelsey okay, Grammer. Okay, do we get Kelsey one. Grammer and the and the kid from War Bodies playing the same character? Uh, Kelsey Grammer is not well, signed on, as far about, as I know. Unfortunately. Is Dean Cain involved? <laughs> Can we get Dean Cain? No, Dean Cain is not, but um, believe it or not, a producer is Richard Donner, oh, cool. the original director of Superman. Yeah, right on. And Brian Singer and Matthew Vaughn. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I liked. I loved X Men First Class. So you get the impression um, we'll about that this. this is this is not out till 2014. Right. So we'll see. It's still a long time. You kind of get the impression that this is Brian Singer's attempt to make up for not doing X Men Last Stand and like 
I left to do this yeah, kind yeah. of bad superhero the, Superman movie, and Brett Radner well, made Last Stand yeah, a terrible but, but movie. Then we got so to see Brett, what Brett Radner could really do, and so right. so that's really the Bradner. Yeah, that's true. Um, so that we, we still have to endure the Wolverine, which is coming out this year. I don't think I'm going to see that one. I'm oh, totally in on that. that have you that's seen a, that's a stand? That? That's a standalone. That I have, uh, but I, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not really up. into. I never I never got into the origins. I don't know why they're doing another Wolverine movie after doing. Mm. An, I already did an mm. origins Wolverine. Apparently, they were gonna do an origins uh, Magneto, right. but it got scrapped, and they did First Class instead, and to reboot Magneto. Um, so it's it's probably now a, they're doing a, just another Wolverine movie. I, I wish they could do a Magneto uh, standalone. I'd see that. I'd be down for that. Bad sign that. With Fassbender? No, yeah, that'd be awesome. But it's probably a bad sign that that Jackman's two second cameo in Origins was better than the entire first Wolverine movie. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. The the uh, two second cameo in First Class, yeah, First Class, where he where he drops the f bomb. Yeah, that was better than I'd much rather watch that than an entire Wolverine movie, especially. I guarantee you, they asked him to do it, and he was like, "I'll do it if I get the one f word you're allowed for PG thirteen. <laughs> And they're like, go yeah. for it. <laughs> and so they did it. That was that was funny, man. When I went to the premiere night of First Class, and when that scene came up, it was rousing yeah. laughter. I mean, erupted during that. Part. I want you to tell they, Kent people, about Because no one knew that, he was going to be in it. Well, that's the best day in the history of our friendship. <laughs> that, that day. Yeah. Uh, Richard and I went to see that at midnight at uh, like the movie tavern or something. And uh, – and right. that was that was game two, wasn't it? That was the the night that uh, the Mavs came back from uh, a fifteen point deficit to beat the Heat in Miami in Game Two of the NBA Finals and and turn around our our hopes and dreams for our entire lives. Uh, and so we got to share the, <laughs> Pure the uh, and yeah. I was sitting and we stood up and we just hugged in just front hugged. of everyone. There. Yeah, that's we actually when like we started making out most of the time was was that night. But yeah, yeah we did. We just. Real- we just hugged for like ten minutes, and all these people were just kind of staring at us, and we didn't care. It was it just felt right. So, it's Dirk, power of Dirk, baby. That's right. 2011. You can't deny the power of Dirk. No. You cannot. Power of um, while we're on the subject of superhero reboots, Jamie Fox mm. um, is apparently going to be in a Spawn reboot. Oh, oh really? This. I knew he was doing Spider Man. I always kind of doubt yeah, he is doing Spider Man, which they're filming right now, I believe. Or about to be filming new Spider-Man. Mike but, White um, wasn't available again. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I, yeah, Spawn. But Spawn's one of the Spawn. Spawn, along with Blade, are, are two of the movies that and X Men or first X Men are those movies that really are responsible for this whole oh, yeah. why superhero movies dominate the movies. Absolutely. I mean, also back in the, the, the late nineties, early jail, Can we get another Blade? Yes, please. Yeah, Spawn's an interesting. I think movie. Spawn's one. I think that falls Mike into the conversation off. we were having earlier today, off off mic. The uh, of movies that should have worked, that should have been bigger yep. than they were. And uh, I've got a friend that will claim that Spawn to this day claims that Spawn's the worst movie of all time, and I I can't necessarily <laughs> disagree with him. But that that's one that you look at and you think that should have been huge, and they just they they really kind of they messed up the entire the entire process, but. I just, um, I just remember my stepdad when I was a kid would buy me a lot of Spawn figurines. <laughs> I was always really confused because I wasn't into it. I hadn't seen the movie. He was like, yeah. well, the art 
on these things is great. And I was like, all right, I can't really play with these. They're weird devils. Right. Odd yeah. conversation to have. Can't really take those to church. So. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but I started putting on clown makeup, and you know, the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> That's gotta be the weirdest uh, villain ever, right? Like, hey, uh, we've got this villain, right? Uh, he's a fat, evil clown. Okay, so Danny, Danny DeVito, right? No, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Uh, <laughs> John Leguizamo. What, yeah. What? Let's say he's a fat. Yeah. Let's put him in a fat suit. That had to be a real weird <laughs> conversation. I, I just killed I the room with that one. Yeah, I, thanks for bringing up Spawn. spawn yeah. or I guess, whatever. <laughs> I thought, I didn't know you were done. Yeah, I was done. I was but I mean, waiting. just, you know, okay, never mind. I'll just let it go. You know, they can't. Okay, we can only hope. We can only hope that it's going to do better things for Spawn. Yeah. Let's just say yeah. that. It can't be any, it can't do any worse. So uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I could buy into Jamie Foxx's spawn. Yeah, so we'll too. see if that happens. I'm, I'm on. Well, uh, some news that I can confirm for you guys that is Megan Fox has been cast as April <laughs> O'Neil in the new Ninja Turtles yeah. movie. I know. This up tonight, so I did. I, I read up on the subject before you got before the the show. So, <laughs> well, since I'm the only one that brings news to the yeah. show, uh, I I had to yeah. bring it up, you know, because it's it needs to be talked about. It's, I knew I knew you guys were too shy to, to talk about it, but um, yeah, I'm. It's Michael Bay, we, guys. Okay, it's Michael so Bay. Maybe one of you guys knows. Do we know if one of you guys knows? That's not a sentence. Uh, do we know if they've changed the idea of making the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles aliens yet? Because there was serious outrage on the internet about um, the mythology of the Ninja Turtles. Are they going to keep this as aliens? Because I don't know if I can I, – I think I'm out on that. I don't want to see that at all. I, I think they have addressed that. Um, I think that was just kind of more uh, blown out of proportion. Okay. Um, but um, – there is a script that is leaked online for okay. it, and I have read a little bit of it, and it was absolutely terrible. <laughs> so, and, and I heard it's been going through rewrites for like a year or two years straight. So, um, yep. I don't know. You don't, you never know. I mean, it could be done really well with CGI. I mean, you never know nowadays what's going to yeah. work. I mean, Transformers make makes like two billion dollars every. Oh, like, there's no question out, that so, it'll make yeah. money. It's it's a question of whether it'll be. Worth the money oh, yeah. that it makes, you know what I mean? Oh, it'll be a, it'll be a piece of yeah. garbage. I guarantee well, you, it'll be a total Hollywood piece of garbage. I, uh, but it'll make a ton of we're money. We're watching kind of the renaissance again of of Megan Fox. She went away for a few years. She was one of the only good parts of this. Is forty. She's beautiful again. She got. She, she's coming crawling back to yeah, Michael she's Bay. Going back to Michael know? Bay. She's now. She's. She's. I've seen some interviews with her, and she's actually funny. And like you know, you know, Jamie Fox had that thing where he did Ray. I was just thinking about this when we were talking about Spawn. You know, he did Ray, and he has this sort of iconic project, and then he used the sort of buzz that he got off of Ray to do, you know, masterpieces like Stealth. Right. And uh, it's kind of tough that you get a second run at this. And yeah. uh, now he's getting – Jamie's getting the second run. He, I think he's choosing a little better this time, um, some more, a little more supporting roles and things like that. But uh, and now it's Megan Fox. It's You kind of have to wonder why why, why – you know she's got a little good buzz going right now. Why go back to the Michael Bay well? But it's you know what she'll probably make. She probably has back end and she'll make uh, you know a hundred million dollars oh, off sure. the movie. Right. Oh, she definitely yeah, has back end. Am I right, guys? Hi oh. <laughs> yeah. Hey <laughs> uh, No, I, I felt like I had to bring that up. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. She's gonna be dressed in yellow. She's gonna be a reporter. 
And, uh, and I, hey, I, I was a huge Ninja Turtles fan. Sure. I was probably the biggest Ninja Turtles <laughs> fan of all time. 1991, you can't find a picture of me when I was age six or below without a Ninja Turtles <laughs> shirt on. I mean, I'm serious. Same here, man. That's all I would wear. Yeah, Same I was a huge here. fan um, as well. My I my brother and I had uh, for Halloween one year. My dad built us shells out of like cardboard and some sort of I don't know some apparatus to hold it onto our backs, like an old backpack or something. And we yeah. would just run around all the time with these these shells and Ninja Turtle costumes on and all that. So I'm following this uh, pretty closely because I'm. I mean, I love the Ninja Turtles. I I think it's really cool that the there's a new sh- there's a new uh, show on like Nickelodeon or whatever. Uh, with the Ninja Turtles, so I would hope that this movie is not horrible, but it's got Michael Bay in it, so yeah. I don't, I don't know how to believe that it won't be. You know what I mean? So Michael, ba- let's not forget that Michael Bay is doing another Transformers right. yeah. with Mark yeah. Wahlberg. So um, is that really? He's got he's got both those. Yeah, tra- T four. Yeah. I didn't know Wahlberg was involved. Uh, yeah, he is because apparently, apparently. Uh, Michael Bay and Mark Wahlberg had such good time together filming uh, Pain and Gain, <laughs> which is coming out this yeah. year, um, that he they decided that they both wanted to to team up again for Transformers. Well, here's the thing about that: uh, if you're gonna heard, go if ahead, you're gonna right. make movies, like Wahlberg is is one of those that he'll do he'll do a movie like The Departed, and then he does seven movies that are like contraband things like that. If you're gonna make those movies, uh-huh. then you might as well do it with Michael Bay because at least you know that movie's gonna make four hundred million dollars. And I mean, if you're He's gonna make well crap fun. movies, at least make the ones that are gonna make a ton of money. So well, I mean. It's going to be weird to watch Mark Wahlberg bench press a, a Transformer. <laughs> uh, and play basketball but, with Bumblebee. Yeah, exactly. Hey, say hi to me. Say hi to Bumblebee. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, I got one more thing to bring up for news. Okay. And um, I don't know if you've heard about this, but this is a this is a movie in the making for apparently since 2002. Um, that, Richard Linklater. That has to be good. Are you guys familiar? Yeah, yes. I guess from huge fan. He's a a huge I'm a huge fan of his. Um, him being a Texas guy yeah. and um, he, him uh, making such great films such as Days and Confused, Scanner Darkly, School of Rock, and my top one of my top five of last year, Bernie, yeah. which is a great movie if you haven't seen it. And Before Sunset, uh, apparently, all that stuff. He has yeah uh, yeah Before Sunset absolutely. Um, anyway, he has been. Um, Apparently, working on a movie since 2002, he has been following a, a child uh, since 2002, and he's going to film. And this movie takes place over a seven-year or a nine-year period of this kid's life, and so he's filming every summer for for nine years with the same kid, and um, the same actors are going to play his parents. Ethan Hawke and Patricia Arquette um, are playing his his parents every summer. So it's, I mean, it's going to be a literal. Um, you're watching this boy grow up from first grade until college. That's really cool. interesting. Uh, yeah, it's really really interesting and um, uh, could be groundbreaking. Yeah. Um, it's apparently not going to be a documentary. It's apparently going to be a real movie with lines and um, a yeah. story. But it's That's... I mean obviously not not done with age makeup. Right. I mean it's going to be the real deal. Um, That's really interesting. That, really creative. I was wondering about the documentary standpoint because have you all ever heard of the or have you ever seen any of the the seven documentary series the uh the guy who he does a, a new documentary every seven years with the same it's like 10 kids that he he talked to when they were seven years old or something like that 
Have y'all seen any of these? I, maybe I'm talking. I have It's really them, cool. I've, I've seen, seen like one or two of them. Um, I think the the most recent one is like maybe maybe 56 or something like that. Um, that just came out last year. Uh, but it sounds kind of similar to that. That's that's very and it's very interesting. So that's that's cool. I hadn't I hadn't heard that stuff, Kent. So thanks for bringing that to the table. It is, and and I'm sure it's one of those things that that. A lot of directors in Hollywood and producers have that idea for forever. I mean, of course, that'd be ideal to <laughs> literally film a kid as right. he's aging, but no one, no one's able or willing to commit nine years to a project, sure. you know, or say, okay, I'm going to block off every summer for the next nine years to do this one film, and that's that's great, commendable, and hopefully it works out. And it's called Boyhood, working title, so uh, look out for Boyhood. Um, I'm not sure the uh, the date uh, that it's going to come out, but I'm apparently pretty soon. I mean, it's I think it's one of those things. That's why he did Bernie because I mean he's doing these small little films, you know, in the meantime right. uh, uh, of working on it. And so, um, yeah, I'm really excited for it. And so I thought I'd bring that up. Uh, yeah, tonight. that's cool. You can only get this stuff at Mad About Movies, guys. That's, yeah. You can't. You can't. They can't do what we're doing. They. You guys. I, I just blew y'all's right. mind. So. Anything else you guys want to bring up in movie news before we move on to our review of Argo? No, I think that's good. Great. Uh, well, stay tuned uh, right after this for our review of Argo. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. 
Argo, science fantasy adventure. Moonscape, Mars, desert. You need an exotic location to shoot. You need a producer. If I'm doing a fake movie, it's going to be a fake hit. All right, guys. Well, this is obviously a movie that um, is um, very popular. And um, it's a movie that has been out, I think, uh, how many months now, Brian, has this movie been out, honestly? It's been out since, I think, September? October? I think it was October, yeah. And it is uh, it's currently uh, mid-February to late February right. as we're recording this podcast, and it's still in the theaters. I just uh, I just checked. Yeah, yeah, my friend Steven just saw it for the second time last night. Right. Um, so this movie, um, obviously a huge success on pretty much every level um, as far as a commercial um, uh, aspect goes. But, uh, Brian, do you think it, it – it, uh, it deserves all the uh, all the money it's made. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, I I love this movie. I think it's great. It's made one hundred and twenty eight million dollars in the U.S. Million dollars that that surprised. I mean, it surprised me that that it got that big uh, from having seen it when it first came out. Um, it does surprise me that it that it took on this much, but I I think it definitely deserves it. And I it always makes me happy when a movie like this or or Zero Dark Thirty, or Lincoln, or Django. Even I mean, um, not traditional blockbusters make that kind of money. I think that's cool, um, and it, it shows that. To me, it shows that there's a market for films that are mainstream films that are very, but they're still very smart and important and intelligent um, that people will still see, even though there's not explosions. You know what I mean? Things like that. So, uh-huh. um, even though there really is explosions, right. in Argo. Right, but not like uh, not like expendables or right. a good day to die hard explosions, you know. So, right, and that's what that's what's kind of appealing about Argo is that it's um, it's no one knows what it is. It's kind of it's not a comedy. It's not an action movie. It's not a drama. It's not a thriller. It's uh, it's not you know it's so many things put into one. It's right. just um, uh, how would you describe it, Richard? Well, as as much as uh, <clears throat> you guys like this movie. Um, I hated it. No, I, it was my number one of the year. So I like, I probably liked it more than both of you. I, I would say maybe I, I even will thinking about it more. And, and after, especially discussing last week with you guys about zero dark 30, I'm more than willing to, 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 uh, give that a top nod as well. Uh, cause it, it's excellent. Uh, what makes this movie great. And this is kind of cliche because the director happens to be a celebrity, but is, is the direction. There, there are not a whole lot of movies where you really notice direction, uh, but you know I sort of judge direction by a few different things. Um, to me, the mark of a really good director is efficiency, and there's not a, a wasted frame in this movie. It just gets out yeah. when it needs to get out. It's incredibly well paced. The other thing I judge out of a uh, out of uh, a director is the ability to get really good performances out of uh, an entire cast. Sure. And so obviously there's great actors in this movie. You you have a lot to work with when you have, you know, Brian Cranston and John Goodman and, and uh, Alan Arkin. Yeah. But this director made Ben Affleck a good actor, which is impossible. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, but the, the, the performances are all great, including Affleck, even though I think he was a bit mis- miscast. He plays the part really well. Um, it's just a great, a great movie. It's one of those movies that, uh, I think historically most people kind of know that story or at least know that kind of the ending of it may not know the particulars of it, but know the ending of it. And you kind of know that spoiler alert. We didn't do our usual spoiler alert. Uh, well, hey, that, let, 
Well, yeah, let's yeah, wait for ahead. spoilers. I was about to say, we'll wait for spoilers. So let's try okay. to keep it spoiler free right now. Okay. So even though audiences know the ending, whatever that ending may be, uh, it, it certainly, uh, keeps you on your toes throughout. I mean, I was, I was, uh, pretty well informed on this. I had read the book and I was still literally on the edge of my seat, pins and needles yep. the whole time, uh, rubbing my arms together because this is so well paced and so, uh, so thrilling, uh, and, and then and then it's so almost theatrically, you know, breaks that those really nervous moments with some really excellent moments of genuine humor, which is uh, such a neat little flair. And uh, it's just a it's a grown up movie. It's a, it's a movie for adults. Yeah, um, it's a grown up grown man. Put on your big boy pants movie and uh, a smart person movie. And uh, it's yeah. just excellent to see that those can still make money. I think that's the best way to put it. I think it's a it's a. It's a blockbuster for grownups. Yeah, I, I, I love that that terminology. I think that's that's very appropriate here because you're right. It's the pacing is perfect, and the 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 way in which the movie. I mean, it starts like a you know with a bang and immediately. I, uh, puts you on I, edge. I, 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 yeah, I wanted to say the um the the beginning the mm-hmm. way the storyboard they use storyboards and a narration. Yeah, at the beginning to kind of. T- narrate or set the background of this story and then they kick it off immediately yeah right 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 in the action and it never really lets you lets up on that i mean like richard said there's a few little breaks for from a comedic standpoint but even in those i feel like i just watched this again uh yesterday and i i i was struck by how even in the moments that are clearly there not only for the narrative purposes but also to give you a little bit of break from the intensity you always you feel like the characters know how serious everything is that they're doing. You know, when they go to Hollywood and they're working with Goodman, Goodman's character and Arkin's character, even those guys, I mean, that's the, the more funny parts of the movie. Um, you can feel almost a tension in the room with them because yeah, this is what we're doing. is kind of ridiculous, but the reason we're doing it is so, you know, so serious and so important um, that you never, it never lets up with the intensity from, from very beginning to, to the uh you know pretty much the last frame um or close enough to it so yeah um i i agree with that um uh anything you guys disliked about the film i just uh, uh spoiler free disliked sure um man there was I, a lot of foreigners in it <laughs> yeah, it, it <laughs> it's hard for me to pick out too much that uh that's wrong with it i mean that the second time through, you do notice a little bit kind of what Richard was saying about Affleck is kind of miscast um, a little bit. And that comes out, of, I think, a, just a, a little bit more on on multiple viewings. Um, but that is a – man, to me, that's a small – it certainly didn't impact my enjoyment of the film um, a second time, let alone the first time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Richard, anything you dislike? Besides the foreigners, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as we know, I'm a xenophobic uh, film watcher. Um, no, I mean this I is number this, one. So, so this to I you, this is pretty film. much a flawless film. Yeah, right. it really is. That's what I mean. That's why I say how well directed it is because I uh-huh. never felt like it was a scene too long, a second too long. It was mm-hmm. just like so efficient. I mean, it's just you get in. Let's you literally start running and you sprint 200 meters and it's over. And it's yeah. like whoa. I uh, I judge movies by how often I, I don't I'm not one of those obnoxious people that like 
checks my phone and like texts and emails the whole time. But I I do check the time because I just kind of know want to know right what Pacing, time things yeah. are because I'm in a rush. I'm a busy guy. No, uh-huh. I just I don't know. I, I hate not knowing what time it is. I don't wear a watch. I, I should. Anyway, uh, I didn't check my phone once. Uh, yeah. To see what time it was to kind of see. I kind of also judged the runtime. You know, oh yeah, okay, we're we're an hour and a half in here. This should be third arc coming up. You know, uh, third act coming any time now. Uh, I didn't do that once with it, and uh, it's just a really efficient movie. It's just it's a breathtaking. I mean, literally a breathtaking movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a lot needs to be said for how clever uh, a lot of this movie uh, is, and um, anything. Um, I'll mention one thing right now, but um, be thinking of um, just a scene that stood out to you guys. Okay. Uh, uh, I wanted to mention the scene um, right at the beginning where uh, they're coming up with the name, uh, the idea for the movie Argo. Mm-hmm. And um, I just love that the, the whole – maybe the first 20 minutes of the movie, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, is, is pretty much an action movie. It's pretty much a Hollywood political thriller action movie, like a la like a Born Identity or uh, something like that. It's just very dark, very fast-paced action, and then all of a sudden comes this lighthearted comedy um, uh, kind of uh, – I want to say nostalgic – uh, buddy comedy, uh, sure. buddy com- yeah. uh, aspect with with John Goodman and and Alan Arkin, right? And and but it's it's done. And it's just so refreshing, and it's it's so it, it's so necessary to drive the the other half of the story, and uh, it's so entertaining. And I just felt like I was so entertained for the first you know uh, beginning setup of the movie. But when this other storyline came in, I was still so yeah, like Richard said, so intrigued, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, that's that. That really stood out to me as. Um, that's a really interesting historical, uh, you know, era to follow. I mean, it's a little Cold War, right? And it's a little, uh, you know, the the fall of the Persian and the and the rise of the of the more Arabic uh, people in Iran and in the so called uh-huh. Middle East. You know, um, my girlfriend is is father is Persian and left actually during that time left around during that time. I haven't had the chance to really talk with him uh, to great at great lengths about that. I, I look forward to, to getting to do that. But but uh, you know it's a time where where you know a country went from being uh, European to you know a lot more Asian or Middle Eastern or however you want to consider it and. And this movie kind of studies that in a really micro way about this one little story, mm-hmm. and uh, it's 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 a it's a story that still affects us now with these kind of Muslim-led uh, countries and and how they affect you know world world power dynamics and things like that. And to study that through like this Hollywood, you know, obviously it's a true story, but to study it through this ho- Hollywood story with this comic relief and stuff is really really American and kind of a an interesting juxtaposition with the humor studying this really uh kind of morose people uh mm-hmm. that these people are are, are tra- entrapped by. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I I think it's a it's a um an era that that not a lot of filmmakers will make movies about. Obviously, we um, we don't see a, a lot of Cold War movies being made. Um, oh. It's not. It's not. I, I guess it wouldn't be considered a by Hollywood standards an entertaining era. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. You know. You know. Um, so the fact that the most entertaining movie of the year was about that era mm-hmm. is, yeah. is is ironic and funny in itself. In, and in it's a little. About, 
and it's about Hollywood, you know, it's about the system and it's about deceiving the public. And, um, it's just, so, uh, yeah, it's really clever. It's such a, um, I mean, we talk about Ben Affleck's direction and, um, how good he is, but I mean, I feel like when he saw this script, he just, he just jumped for joy because it's it's such, it's such a, not only a great thriller, um, by movie standards, but it's such a statement to Hollywood and, to and it's a, yeah, it's such a, it's such a bold movie to make and such a, such a statement. It says such a, uh, a, such a big thing about this, the, um, the current, uh, situation in Hollywood right now. Right. So, and um, the power, it's very, it's very, yeah. it's very relevant. Yeah. yeah. And although, uh, what's Affleck's first movie gone, baby gone. Yeah. And the town, I don't think, quite rise to the level of this movie. I really admire the fact that he, he he we can see through all three of his movies makes movie for, makes movies for adults mm-hmm. and doesn't uh, you know really condescend to anyone and, and kind of does what he wants to do and makes really interesting good movies. I think he's kind of the most interesting uh, you know non uh, blockbuster director going right now. I mean mm-hmm. you you know and so it'll be interesting to see what his next uh, move is. It will. Um, I I heard, had heard that he had been he's he's very hot in in high in demand right now. Yeah. Uh, in Hollywood, I I'd heard that they've been begging him to do um, Justice League, and he said no. And they have been begging him to do uh, Star Wars Seven, he said no. So uh, we'll see. He. Uh, so was he the choice over Abrams, or did they choose Abrams over him? I think uh, Abrams. I, I think I choice. think they probably they probably put in calls to everybody, and Abrams yeah. had initially said no. Right. Okay. Uh, so I mean, I'm sure once he said no the first time, they were like, "Oh well, we got to at least make calls." I, had, I know. I know. I know that they approached Guillermo del Toro. This is another conversation, but I I, I know that yeah. that Affleck, uh, his name was brought up many times. Have we heard rumors about what he may be doing next? I know um, he's got another Dennis Lehane uh, adaptation. Dennis Lehane. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Is the guy who wrote the book for Gone Baby Gone and yeah. Mystic River. I know he's got another one of those coming up. I'm not sure if I read that that was his next movie or if that he had just bought the rights to it or something like that. I know he's got that right. in the works, um, but I, I don't think he's have doing his... a bunch. I think he's, uh, he's got a couple of movies in post right now, acting-wise. Yeah, he's in that uh, new Terrence Malick movie. I know that, but I was yeah. just curious director-wise. Yeah, uh, I, I really... I haven't. I haven't heard. I'm sure we'll talk about it on this podcast. So stay tuned for that. Um, when when we find out the news, because uh, uh, I'm sure he's getting scripts thrown at him like crazy. Sure. And, yeah. Uh, he, I mean, he. I'm sure it was like after he did the town. I mean, that was a great film. Right. Um, not not as good as Argo, but it's a great film. And so I'm sure after that he got yeah he got scripts thrown at him like crazy and Argo was the very best one so yeah. that's what he did you know well and he's, uh, he's gotten me, better he's every showing, time. yeah and he's showing that he's learned from from his mistakes as an actor um, in the way that he's selecting his movies I mean he's not uh, that's what got Affleck in in trouble uh, over the last decade it's not that he's not a talented actor he is he's I, I still don't think he's a great actor but he he's a talented guy it's just that. You know, he parlayed uh, Goodwill Hunting into a decade of horrible movies and didn't seem to have any kind of standard for what he should be in and what he shouldn't be in. And I, I think he's he's 
he's to me he's showing that he's learned from that mistake and in, in the way that he selects his movies and and um and has progressed from Gone Baby Gone to The Town, which The Town's one of my ten favorite movies from from two thousand nine. I think it's incredible. Um, definitely not up to the standard of Argo, but it just kind of shows the the traje- the trajectory, excuse me, that his career's taken and the way that he um has been selective about how he's how what movies he picks. And I, I was I'm, the town really two thousand nine? It may have been two thousand ten. No, I mean I believe you. I just that's just amazing to me. Yeah, it was it was a while back now. It was two thousand ten, not two thousand nine, excuse okay. me. I wasn't trying to correct you. I was on no, no, you're you're fine. Yeah. But still one of my favorite movies from that year, I think it's a great movie, but um I I like to see the way that he's um, progress and uh, to me it shows great it, it shows great uh, character on his part to not to say no to the Justice League movie because no one needs to say yes to that until we at least see what Superman's going to look like what post Nolan Batman looks like all that sort of thing anybody who takes the Justice League movie right now a is probably not going to end up being the director when that movie actually does get made and B will probably regret it if for some reason they are the director of that movie. You know what I mean? That's I heard yeah, I heard it was because of um I, I guess Ben Affleck is really involved in the Warner Brothers studio system. Right. And so that's who's trying to I mean Yeah. That's their baby, uh is sure. Batman, so and Superman. So we'll we'll see there. Uh but uh, I heard the Justice League script was awful. I heard they're rewriting it, so um, wow. that probably speaks to why he said no to that. But, yeah. Uh, anything, guys? Anything else you guys want to mention uh, that stood out before we go into spoilers? I'll say one one thing that I I picked up on this last time through uh, while watching it. One of my favorite scenes in the movie was really more to do with uh, the post stuff, the post production and the editing and whatnot. But as the uh, Without getting into a spoiler, as the the stuff's getting serious, um, and we're getting to a point of a make or break on whether or not Affleck's character is going to be able to to uh, get these people out of the country, everything falls down around them, and it cuts directly into when the levee breaks from uh, Led Zeppelin, <laughs> and yeah, it's yeah. perfect. Like uh, I I just I'm I was laying on the couch watching the movie yesterday, and I just started laughing to myself because it was just it was just such a perfect cut. Um, and, and to me showed, showed part of why Argo is so great is because of little details like that, um, which that was kind of a funny little detail, but I felt like they went out of their way to make sure that everything about this movie was, was, uh, as detailed and as, as, um, as right as it needed, as it could be, you know, everything seems very realistic, seems very in keeping with the time. Um, even to the, to the extent of, you know, at the, the end of the movie and the credits, they show pictures of the, the actual people that were involved with this and all the actors really look like those guys, which I know is maybe I shouldn't be so, Hey, they actually look and be excited about that. But I, I didn't feel like they had to do that since, not hardly anybody knows what these people really look like. You know what I mean? You may know the story, but you may not know what um, these random uh, USP, these random guys from 1980 look like. But they went out of their way to make sure that uh, the actors looked that way. Things like that, um, to me, is, is what is part of what makes it such a such a good movie and so deserving of uh, all the the attention that it's getting. And it's a movie that. I think the SAG award was really fitting that it won for best cast because aside from Alan Arkin, who, I mean, we all love Alan Arkin, but he's pretty much always Alan Arkin. Right. 
everyone else in that movie is a character actor. Yeah. I guess maybe besides Affleck too, but Goodman and then all those, you know, uh, what's his name that plays a Canadian ambassador that's in everything. Uh, Garber, um, Victor Garber, yeah, Gar- Victor Garber, who I always think is one of the more underrated actors. Sure. Um, I mean, Titanic. everyone. Yeah. 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 Man. Alias. I wonder if Jen got, got him that gig. Cause right. he's her dad on alias. And then her yeah. husband directs Argo. Right. Anyway, but, uh, uh, but uh, it's just a whole movie full of kind of people that are, we'll probably never see again. Tate Tate Donovan, ladies and gentlemen, right. remember him? He was he was Hercules. <laughs> the OC he, man. Uh, he dated Jennifer Aniston in the nineties. <laughs> Kyle Chandler. He was yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler is one of the one of the underrated. Yeah, well, it will see him again. But there's so yeah. many people in that movie that uh, I don't know if we'll ever see again. And it's just kind of a cool. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's not they'll never work again, but they'll probably be in a, not in a movie that high profile and have a pretty sizable part in it. It's just kind of a neat, uh, a neat, uh, just a ensemble cast that everything works together. I mean, you forget, well, you know, on the second view, oh yeah, Brian Cranston's in this and he's awesome. Right. Yeah, you and know, you, there's so you many. Forget, you forget that one of the uh, producers was George Clooney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and whom Ben Affleck forgot to thank at the Golden Globes. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Don't cross Clooney. This is a don't movie you would Clooney. almost expect Clooney to direct, given the subject matter. But I'm glad oh, he did. Definitely, yeah. Because I think Affleck's a little more is a little better director. But, uh, but Clooney. Uh, I I would have liked to see Clooney starring in it with Affleck directing, maybe. Yeah, that's true. He's that would have been Latin great. Scene, at least than uh than Affleck. I would have loved to seen seen Clooney in that the scene um, uh, where he's drilling uh the Canadian or the. I guess wannabe Canadians on their identities, on their yeah. new names. That would have been a great uh, George Clooney. Sure. Yeah. Uh, George Clooney moment. Sorry. I can just picture that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anything you guys want to uh, mention before? Anything else? Before no. spoilers? That's no, all I got. That's good. All right, guys. Spoilers for Argo coming up right now. Okay. Uh, anything you guys want to mention as far as the ending? Uh, this, is, this is a movie that leads up to a lot of tension. Um uh, at the uh, towards the, the last act, yeah. and arguably there's several um, peaks in this movie, mm-hmm. um, and uh, most notably, I want to mention the airport, uh, the airport scene. Yeah, uh, what do you guys, what you guys think about the airport check-in? Ugh. I thought it's the best best scene in the movie. Um, I in a movie like this, I think it's imp- it's important that you that you have a moment like that that really hits the high. Uh, as far as the the tension and the drama goes right at the end um uh, as example of that not happening for me is is a movie we'll talk about in a few weeks uh uh Les Mis. um the best scenes in the movie take place fairly early on in my opinion and so it's kind of a letdown from there and, and from a dramatic standpoint um to have that scene where Scoot McNary's character who has been the kind of the whipping boy of the the whole group for the for the majority of the movie comes through with this this moment of not just bravery but awesomeness too you know i mean when he, he speaks really, the other yeah. language yeah. i mean he just he he just busts it out and it's great um it's a very it's a it's a heartfelt moment it's a triumphant moment um and it it increases the tension at the same time as making you really um excited not just for for the movie, but also just for his character. You know what I mean? It feels like that character gets some redemption in that moment. And it's, it's an, it's just an awesome, uh, sequence of events. Uh, so for me, that was the, the best, the best, uh, scene in, in the whole movie. And I thought it was 
uh, obviously placed perfectly. Richard, thoughts on that scene? It's uh, it's a great scene. I think it's the best sequence of the year. I mean, it's it's just so nerve wracking and uh, oof, it just it, it, it exhilarating. Uh, the only only thing that only I don't know if we're counting the it, this is part of that scene, but the part where they're on the, actually on the plane and you don't know if the if wheels are going to make. Oh it off yeah, the right. I yeah. mean, that's it's, something that's so obvious that I mean they were going to, but like, hey, let's make it seem like <laughs> no, the, mean, wheels, it, the wheels it, might not come. It's It's like, hey, let's get we can get one more really tense moment right. in here. You know, well, to, right me, yeah. to me that speaks to what, what we've been saying this whole time of how incredibly well paced it is because you know I didn't really know this story going in, but you have to know just from a, a Hollywood narrative standpoint, obviously they're gonna get out safe. I mean it's it would be it would make for a pretty depressing movie if, you know, they are able to keep the plane from from taking off, and then they all just get executed. So um, obviously, um, obviously, you know they're gonna. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, that, totally that would be movie. shocking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so obviously, you know they're gonna get out. But it's still so tense and so um, so well paced that when they they finally, you know, the the stewardess uh, hits the the, the seatbelt sign or whatever and says, you know, we're gonna be coming around serving alcohol and. I exhaled, you know, the whole, uh, the whole cast makes this big, you know, exhale. Okay. We're front, you know, we're free. And I, at that moment, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I, in that moment too, I, I did this, you know, deep breath and, and kind of realized I have really barely been breathing for the last hour, you know? And, uh, I, I think, yeah, it's Hollywood and yeah, it's, it's kind of on some level, it's, it's a little bit cliche, but if you're going to do cliche, then that's the way to do it. You know, I mean, it's just, that's why the direction is astounding. The script's really right. good and it's great, but it, it's a story where you know they're going to get out okay. It's it's a pretty right. formulaic story, really. I mean, it's brilliantly yeah. written, but it's really formulaic. What sets it on another level is that, honestly, I'm sitting there the whole time. It, it has you so nervous and so almost pessimistic uh-huh. uh, that I was like, gosh, I've read this story a million times. Do they all live? Okay, let me think. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So okay. Maybe. Well, maybe they're still over there. I know Carter was present. You know, I'm going through the whole thing. I'm like, surely (laughs) they're all going to live. Right. And uh, and then the weird. The only. Oh, forgot a criticism I didn't like. The weird Jimmy Carter narration over the credit. That's true. Yeah. Uh, The one good thing he probably did as president. (laughs) But uh, and then he he was you know uh, had to be his administration had to be conned into agreeing to. Uh, But you know it's a uh, it's a it's just so well well done that they take this really formulaic thing, this A A B C thing, and just have you question, you know, oh, well does C does C come after B? Uh, I don't know. I'm nervous. I you know, and yeah. uh, it's just great. It reminded me a lot of of uh, Apollo 13 yes. in that uh, aspect of that's brilliant. Of, Good job. Yeah, I I didn't because I remember seeing Apollo 13. I think I think that came out in '95, so I was 12. I think, I think you stole that from me, Brian. Right? Oh, did I? I'm sorry. From I didn't the, mean to. From, from the radio show, maybe. Oh, okay. I, I might be mistaken. You might. Well, I think I mentioned that, but maybe. Yeah. Not. Well, Kit Garrison said that uh, it reminded him of Apollo 13. And I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that was apt. But I remember seeing Apollo 13 when I was 12 or 13 years old, and sort of knowing in the back of my head that yeah i think these guys made it out but also not completely sure of that and then as it built and built and built you know you in the moment you forget that in some ways that yes this is a true story and yes they got out and you you start to really question whether or not it's going to happen so um i think that's a 
I mean that as a great compliment for for Affleck and for the movie as a whole of the ability to take you out of the moment, out of reality, and put you into the moment on the screen um, was really cool and really an underrated aspect, I think, of what of how good uh, this movie is. Yeah, I I agree there. Uh, another another scene I want, or it's part of that scene. Another thing I wanted to mention on that on that same topic um, was um, how they're cutting back the whole time. Uh, to John Goodman and Alan Arkin, who, uh-huh. can't get to, who can't get to their office because yeah. a scene is being filmed. <laughs> right. And so this whole time, you're like, just go, go, just go. It's so tense. And it's just like you want to punch the screen. You just yeah. want to leave. You know, There's it's like just uh, eight MacGuffins of, you know, are, <laughs> oh, what's going to be answered or not? not who knows? And just yeah. driving you nuts watching. I mean, it's just like, it's really a roller coaster of a movie. It's I know great. It's, it's great every time, even if you know, even if you've seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what's yeah. going to happen. It's still good every time. I yeah. mean, the way, um, the way uh, it's paced, man, on that, on that last action scene is just great. Um, great stuff. And that, that scene alone is Oscar worthy. So, yeah. Definitely. Um, good. Great stuff. Um, one more thing I wanted to mention, unless you guys had any other any other thoughts. No, I'm. I'm, I'm um, it was the um, the whole. I mean, and I'm sure this is real. This is this is taken from real events, but the whole thing where the um, pictures of the uh, identities were shredded, uh-huh. and uh, how they're assembling them <laughs> uh, periodically throughout the movie. Yeah. Yes, and, and it's just one of those things you know that Ben Affleck heard about. It was like, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's that's going to be so good to be able to cut back to that. Right, they're, they're assembling it a little bit, a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. And and you know, you you see that coming right when they start assembling. I'd be like, oh, well, you know, I know they're gonna they're gonna reveal one of these identities at a key, let's just say, a key point in the movie. Sure, yeah. Uh, and when it happens, it's satisfying. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to say that that was really a good Hollywood. Um, a, a, a good way to take something that really happened mm-hmm. and to put a good spin on it and to um, not overdo it. And it was great and it was entertaining. And like so I said last guys, week, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Sorry. No, no ahead. Brian, you go first. Okay. Uh, as I said last week, I've never been prouder to be a Canadian in my life. Even though I'm not Canadian, <laughs> right. I've never been prouder to be one. Right. Yeah, they come off pretty pretty well in the, in this whole thing. So let me guys let me ask you guys do you, where do you think it's going to fall on on Sunday uh during the Oscars is it, do you guys think it's going to win or are yeah. we are we going to come back and talk next week and 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 talk about something another movie you've taken home um, prize I'll I'll say it does have a good shot the fact that he's not nominated for best director is uh it's the only thing <laughs> like I, that could that could hold it back uh, maybe I could see Lincoln winning I could see Zero Dark 30 winning but that's it I mean, those three. Um, if anything wins except those three, I'll be very surprised. Yeah. What What do you guys think? I, I think, think uh, I think it's Argos to lose. I I would be I like you. I I was. Uh, I think my maybe initial... life of, life of Pi might be the might be the upset. Yeah. I can uh, see Life of Pi being a very Hollywood movie. Right. Uh, like uh, like an Avatar esque. Um, mm-hmm. Well, maybe my initial bet, my initial opinion when when all the nominations came out was that Lincoln was going to take it just because you never see a uh, a movie win Best Picture if the director is not nominated for directing, and so, um, but I think the 
the momentum for Argo built up so much over the last two months that there's I don't think there's any way that it's I it's think this might this might be the year that that trend breaks you know yeah. that, that, yeah. that that the Academy says hey we don't want a correlation with Best Picture Best Director anymore yeah. you know question uh, are, is it two separate votes is there a nominee a nominating vote and then they get the nominees and vote on a winner or is it is the winner the one that got the most nominations, if you know what I mean? I, I read an article on this a couple of days, and I think I think that that is correct. I think that they put out the nominations and then cast the vote, but okay. I, I'm not entirely sure. If that's if, the case, I would think Affleck not being nominated for director would almost work in that in that film's advantage. Sure, yeah. Because people are almost going to be like, "Wow, we we messed that up," and You're so really let's, uh, up, he yeah. gets best picture. You know, right? Uh, let's give Spielberg director or, or Big Load mm-hmm. director and give him uh, give him picture. So, right? Uh, who knows? Yeah. Well, I think the last I, I think I saw a stat that said the last time that a movie won best picture when the director wasn't nominated was. Uh, driving Miss Daisy in 1988, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh, 25 years of it uh, has happened. So. Yeah, of history. We'll see. For, so this, this is this is one of those years where every movie is just too good. I mean, it, it, oh yeah. I mean, any movie that's nominated, I can be honest and say I wouldn't be, I would not care uh, because they're all great movies. Yeah, Silver Linings Playbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Les Mis. I would be mad if Les Mis yeah. beat all the beat beats <laughs> Django pretty, and all yeah. that. Yeah, I'd be pretty so. upset about that too. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, Brian, let me ask you this. Yep. Uh, where Where can I find uh, you online? Hold on, Kent. Kent, we got what? we got to do our recommendations, right? Yeah. Oh, you want to do recommendations? Oh, you want to yeah. do this? Totally, you want to do this right now? <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, well, uh, Brian, kick things off. The recommendation. Sure. Um, I'm going to give you two very quickly. Um, sure. One is actually I took a recommendation from our own Kent Garrison uh, and watched cool. a, a documentary that's now on Netflix. I rented it, but now it's on Netflix, so you should definitely check it out. It's called Side by Side. Um, uh-huh. It is right, yeah. narrated by Keanu Reeves. Don't let that turn you off. Um, but it's a it's about film, and uh, he interviews multiple high profile, big name, recognizable directors. And talks to them about the filmmaking process, and it is it's fascinating, um, and it's it's a entirely it's, it's very enjoyable. It'll give you a lot of information. Uh, for myself, I didn't go to film school or anything like that. Um, I know a lot about movies. I don't know honestly, don't know a whole lot about the filmmaking process, and this was very enlightening in a lot of ways. Um, it starts off with a discussion between the difference between. Um, shooting on film and shooting digitally and then it kind of progresses into editing and cinematography and 3d and all these various uh topics and it's it's two it's like an hour and 40 minutes long and it it's well worth your time if you're listening to this podcast then obviously you're a film fan or you're my mom and you should definitely watch this movie so i definitely recommend that one um and then also just very quickly would throw a shout out to a movie that I just got done watching called a little indie movie that came out last year called Robot and Frank. Um, it's a is that Frank in the background? <laughs> no, that's the dumb dog. <laughs> um, no, uh, it's a it's it stars Frank Langella and it's about it's, it's set in the near future. It's about an old an, an aging um, crook. He used to be a burglar who. Uh, gets this robot his son buys him a robot companion and he discovers that the robot is really good at stealing things and so 
he uh he starts using it in his his schemes and it's uh it's not a great movie but it's it's very fun um and lighthearted and just it, the concept is very interesting so highly recommended great yeah i um i i've seen side by side and i want to say i just want to say uh great movie um yeah like brian said if you're interested in film at all you should definitely check it out um it's a it's a subject that i think we could do a whole a podcast on eventually mm-hmm. uh, just the future of where cinema is going and i think this academy awards are uh speak a lot to that um uh especially the cinematography category um seeing films in 35 millimeter being nominated like Django Unchained as well as uh Skyfall which was probably the most beautiful movie of the year arguably yeah. Uh, and it was shot digital. So, um, and Tarantino is one of the guys that has denounced digital ever uh, since it came out. He said it's basically like filming it on your iPhone, which mm-hmm. I think it's ridiculous uh, in a lot of ways. But uh, definitely check out Side by Side. It, it, it talks about 3D and uh, the uh, where cinema is going and where it's been. And uh, yeah, it's great, great stuff. So definitely good, good recommend, Brian. Thanks. Yeah, and thanks for, for the sure. heads up on that one too. Yeah, definitely. Mine is a TV show. I am all in on FX's The Americans. Oh, Speaking yes. of Cold War, we said a Cold yeah. War Argo app. I'm really into The Americans. Uh, I haven't seen the I haven't seen last night's episode yet, so I'm only three episodes in. But uh, really liking really liking the lead actor uh, Matthew Reese. I think is his name. Something yeah. Reese is his last name. Uh, Carrie Russell's good. Um, just a really cool look at that's got a and I, I looked at some research today and found out that the creator was actually a CIA operative. So now I you know now I believe that this is all true. Right. And I'm just completely uh, I'm I'm locked in. I love I love Cold War stuff. I love yeah. Russian spies and things like that. So the two greatest words in in the English English language to me are Russian and spy. I just think <laughs> right. that's fascinating right. and uh, I'm really uh, I'm in. I love it. That's good. I watched the pilot, and I haven't been able. To, I, I've got them all on my DVR. I haven't been able to, to watch the rest of them yet. But I, I'm I'm with you. I think Cold War is one of the most fascinating periods of of history, and um, I really I I love the pilot. I thought it was great. So yeah. I'm I'm, I'm glad to hear that better. it's holding. It gets steam, better. Yeah. I would say good. I'm glad to uh, hear that. Did you check out the House of Cards pilot yet? Pilot yet? I I did. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Did you? Uh, yeah, how'd you I, like it? I watched the. I've watched the first two episodes now, and I love it. It's okay. um, it's everything that I was hoping for it to be. Um, yeah. Spacey's great. The cast is great. I love the turn to the camera and and narrate bits. I think that's yeah, yeah just, the, the Ferris Bueller style. I, yeah, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. It caught me off guard, and I I was the just, Shakespeare thing, man. Oh, yeah, very style. Shakespearean, and I, I loved it. I thought uh, so. Um, very good stuff. I it. I can't wait to. Uh, I, I'm thinking about watching it right now. So that's the. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I uh, actually heard. I was reading an article. I can't remember exactly the site. Forgive me. Uh, but they were saying that Netflix, the company Netflix, literally like saw that people loved watching Kevin Spacey and loved watching political dramas <laughs> and also loved David Fincher. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so they were like, "Hey, David Fincher, you should right. make a political drama with Kevin Spacey. We think it would do really well." Yeah, and win, so there win, you go. Win. Yeah, Frank Underwood, man, all time great. And so I mean, already. it's 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 literally like one of those things where they're tailoring your tastes for you. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I mean, Netflix is is groundbreaking in the technology of being able to predict your tastes. I mean, right. they've they've paid people millions of dollars to, to figure out algorithms to predict tastes. And I think they do a great job. I mean, every day I get on there and it's the suggestions for you. Mm -hmm. I always find stuff on there that, 
that I like. So sure. Um, yeah, great well, service. Which one of, and, which, whichever one of y'all said it was was totally right on House of Cards. It's a poli- it's a show about politics that has nothing to do with politics in no, a lot of ways. There's no there's I no policy in it at all. It's all about yeah. power and things like that's that. That's why what it I, works for me. I mean, it's 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 so because I hate politics so much, but I am completely enthralled by everything that's happening on screen. It's 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 and, and stuff. Th- one thing last thing I want to mention about it is um, intriguing, and I don't know if it's a spoiler to say this coming from someone who's seen it. Um, the, the good guy is not really a good guy no, at all. No. Right. Right. And so, I mean, and that's all you need to know. Yeah. It's, it's Richard it's, the third. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's Kevin Spacey in, in, um, American beauty, but mm-hmm. a politician. <laughs> so, uh, it's great. Uh, like Brian said, it's not, it I mean, he's a Democrat, but that doesn't ever come up. Like he could right. just as well be a Republican. It would make no difference to the show. Right. Uh, it's really just a club to which they belong. I mean, all he does is undercut Democrats to try to yeah. move up in power. So it yeah, doesn't... I mean, you say he could be a Republican, or he could be in Parliament, or he could be in the yeah. Galactic Senate. I mean, it has <laughs> yeah, nothing exactly. to do with exactly. with uh, party politics, and and that makes it watchable for me because yeah, otherwise right. I would bash my TV. And probably <laughs> so. Nice. So, sorry, Kit. Your your weekly recommend. Uh, I would like to recommend, uh, and I've been meaning. Speaking of Netflix. Um, I've been meaning to watch this show for a long, long time, and I finally got around to watching, I would say, uh, four or five episodes this week, mm-hmm. and that show is Doctor Who. Oh, okay. Uh, I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know if you're familiar or a fan. Which Doctor are you watching? You started at the very I, beginning. I'm, I'm starting at the, the rebooted Doctor Who, so okay. 2006, uh, David David Tennant. Okay, Eccleston? Okay. It's, it's, it's the beginning of... I think he's Eggleston's only in there for a few episodes, okay. and then, then Tenet and then okay. Tenet takes over. But I'm still on Eggleston. But um, uh, I went to a sci-fi Dallas Comic Con uh, convention uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, shout out to Kathy Goolsby for hooking it up for the Mad About Movies podcast for that. Yes. But um, uh, while I was there, uh, lots. I was so overwhelmed with the amount of Doctor Who stuff that was there, right? That I, I, I it was to, I got to the point where I couldn't deny it anymore, and I just had to, wa- had to watch it. Yeah, uh, it, it was probably more Doctor Who stuff than there was Star Wars. Wow, <laughs> honestly, that's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, so I checked it out, and uh, let me just say this show is crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the right word. Uh, pretty much anything you can think of they can do in the show i mean it, the the premise is that this doctor who basically has been present in all time i mean he's kind of like a god figure on the on the show and he he can go anywhere with the the tardis which is this police box like phone booth it's like a time machine a spaceship so he can go back in time and he can go in the present anywhere he wants like to any other planet he wants and any other he can go five billion years in the future or five billion years in the past so that sets you up for pretty much any storyline right <laughs> that you can imagine i'm more uh, of an inspector space time guy but go ahead. Show, yeah yeah in this show i mean this show anyone that's seen the show knows it's absolutely cartoonish um in every aspect it's so so she's such cheesy sci-fi it's british you know british uh comedy um, it's it's crazy. If you're a fan of sci-fi or, or British shows, check out Doctor Who. I'm sure I, I don't have to tell anyone to check it out. It's a huge, huge, uh, popular thing. So I just right. want to say I, I checked it out. So uh, it's time for everyone to bite the bullet and do it as well. So, all right, it's been on my, my queue recommend. forever, and I just 
I think my holdback is, is that there's so much, you know, there's so there, much, there is of so it. much. And, and so, I would suggest, I, I mean, I started from the first episode, which I don't know if I would suggest because mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's probably better stuff. Tweet at us. If you know, um, uh, tell us where to start as far as Dr. Okay. Duke. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's worth checking. It's worth, I mean, it, it, really? Yeah. She knows she's seen it. I mean, yeah, there's a huge fan base. I mean, it's, oh, it's crazy. I it blew my mind. Right. So, uh, I'm getting into it. So, uh, pre- be prepared for more Doctor Who updates on the podcast. Exciting. All right, guys. Well, all right, Brian, where can I find you online? Yeah, I'm at bgill12 on Twitter and you can find my writing at the soapboxoffice.com. Richard? I'm at Richard Barden on Twitter and you can find my zero writing. I need to get back <laughs> on that. Start writing some stuff on richardbarden.com. Uh, and I am Kent Garrison. You can find me at on Twitter at Kent Garrison, K-E-N-T, like Superman Garrison with two R's. And you can email the show at madaboutmoviespodcast at gmail.com if you have a complaint or a suggestion for a topic. And please subscribe on iTunes um, and find us on Facebook. Just search for Mad About Movies Podcast. Or if you're, um, if you're an Android user, find us on Stitcher. Find us yeah. on Stitcher and, and, and iTunes. Yeah, yep. I mean, and iOS. That's what I mean. And iOS, yeah. they have Stitcher. Find us on Stitcher. Find us on iTunes. And uh, in real life. Listening. Find us in real life as well. Hey, leave We're us a hiding. review, <laughs> and we'll give you a shout-out. We promise. Yeah. Five stars. Thanks. Well, and I'll, I will say that the podcast has been more successful than I had initially imagined uh, to at this point. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And, we're bigger uh, than Doctor Who, I think. So. We are. We're, we're on a, we're on a straight, straight path towards that. So <laughs> thanks, everyone. For the support. Uh, well, uh, if that's if that's all we got. Um, yes. All right. All right. All right, guys. We'll uh, see you next week. Until then, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Bye.